Hey everybody, welcome to the first 2020 episode of Beyond the Beaded Curtain. I'm your host, Randy Chardonnay. I don't really know how to start these anymore on my own. Uh, It used to be that my co-hosts and I would sort of meander, talk about different things, kind of uh, chew the fat for a while. And then we edit out most of that and just start with something funny. Uh, but it's just me once again. Yeah, I don't know if any of you checked out my uh, Christmas special. That was sort of an experimental episode where I was trying to find out if I could talk into a microphone for half an hour without anyone else coming and also talking into a microphone during that half hour. I learned that I could. I know enough words, I can mix up the order, I can repeat the words sometimes, Uh, some of the better ones I'll use a bunch of times today, some of the really, really primo words, like some of the pornography words, you know, the dirty ones, because that's what we're talking about. Uh, So yeah, I learned that I could do that, I also learned that not many people wanted to listen to me do that, but that's okay, Uh, not a lot of people checked out that episode. That's all right. I understand when you go on hiatus for 13 months, you can't really expect much of your already small audience to make the jump with you. I totally understand it. I absolutely get it. So we're sort of starting 2020 almost almost fresh. New show, uh, new vibe, new decade yeah sure uh and and that's what's going on we're gonna we're gonna try to do this every other week i keep saying we uh it's just me i know that could i convince anyone else to do this with me and it's sort of a question of how you rank your friends you know there's um there's your acquaintances there's your friends you might hang out with There's your friends you might ask to take you to the airport. That's a tier of friendship. There's a friend you might ask to look out, uh, look after your cat when you're on vacation. That's sort of a a new tier of of friendship. Sort of like when you're playing a video game and and you level up, you know, and you get like new skills. It's sort of when you level up your friendship, when you have enough friendship points, you go from that airport tier up to that watch your cat tier and sometimes you can double up and get the same friend to drop you off at the airport then go back to your place feed the cat that's that's a higher level um then there's like the friend who helps you move and then of course the friend uh you call uh to help um move a body so and then sort of the highest tier of friendship is the friend you call and ask to watch a 1970s uh, porno movie with you and then talk about it on microphone. That's, I genuinely think that I have friends um, who, yeah, who I would, I would rely on or I would trust anyway. I would, I have friends I would trust in a moment of great need like say, yeah, I needed um, them to help me cover up a crime that I did, uh, and that 
those same friends, I would not call up and ask them to do this podcast with me. That's weird, huh? I might have to think about that a little bit. Um, why is this so embarrassing? And if it's so embarrassing, why am I making a record of it and publishing it on the internet? Wow. Um, these, well, these are some things for me to, me to work through. And I don't want to bore you with them too much. I want to tell you about this movie. It's called 3 a.m. It's from 1975. And we're sort of going very much the opposite style of movie from what we uh, checked out for the Christmas special. Christmas special was like low-budget direct-to-video 80 style. This is still low budget. Don't get me wrong. I don't think this was an expensive movie to make. It's got one basic location, uh, but it's like dark. It's seventiesy and kind of, it's creepy. Not going to lie. It's a creepy film. Um, it made me feel like, made me feel like my brain itched a few times. That was mostly just the music. It's got the kind of, kind of got a lot of like high-pitched synths and strings and operatic vocals that just sort of, yeah, they just sort of feel a little bit like a drill drilling into my skull on occasion, which is a sensation, not the best sensation, and not an erotic sensation. I'm not sure what they were thinking. But anyway, let's talk about this movie. Uh, first thing I want to do is I want to read this wildly inaccurate description that I that is uh, appended to it over at uh, the the internet website, tubepornclassic.com. Tube um, not a sponsor, just a place that has a lot of weird old porns. And I'm going to read the description for you. Description. One of the most highly praised erotic films of all time, Robert McCollum's 3AM is truly a landmark in the adult motion picture industry. With a remarkable story, brilliantly enacted by some of Hollywood's finest young actors, 3AM achieves new heights in sexual depiction. 3AM was made with one basic intention, to turn you on, and turn you it will. Each erotic scene slowly builds to a pulsating climax involving the viewer in the most intimate feelings of those on the screen. Did you like that that reading? Was that cool? Um, I just wanted to read that because uh, it's really, really wrong. And uh, this is not a movie that's building to a, a pulsating climax. It's a movie that's sort of like spinning you off in sort of different directions and really making you wonder just like what is what is next with this with this with this uh film um yeah making you wonder just where, where does anyone write this did anyone plan this out in advance or are you just sort of going for it the basics are as follows. Uh, one one, one uh, star you'll recognize from previous episodes, Georgina Spelvin, is the, she's sort of opens with some narration, and she's more or less the star. Um, it's more or less her movie, but of course this is uh, porn, uh, and so they, they're, they're going to mix it up and show us some other people doing it, not just her all the time. 
So anyway, um, Georgina plays Kate, and Kate lives with her uh, uh, lives with her sister and her sister's family. Her sister, her husband, and her two kids. Uh, we learn early on that uh, Kate has been having an affair with her sister Elaine's husband, Mark. And that's sort of the key background to all this because after um, a night of passion between Mark and Elaine, um, Mark sort of throws a little fit for, I, I didn't quite understand what his, what his deal was, but he's been real, real grumpy at, his, uh, at Elaine. Don't know why. Right at 3 a.m. We know that because of their bells or something. And he goes to hide out on his boat. Um, this is, they, they live right by the water. They have a boat. It's very California-y and 70s-y and, and nice in, in that way. Although it does feel a little post-apocalyptic because it just sort of, like, it's got a dark vibe and you f- see very few people outside of this household. There are only a couple of characters who don't live in the house. So it feels a little bit like, like they're lost in space or something like they're the only people on earth is sort of the, the vibe I get on occasion. Anyway, out on the boat, turns out that the boat is the secret uh, sex spot for uh, Kate and Mark. Uh, Mark announces that he's going to, to leave. He's going to leave both his wife and his wife's sister and everyone and get out of there. Um, Kate isn't thrilled by this. She takes a massive swing at his head with a champagne bottle and knocks him into the water and kills him. And this was very jarring start to this movie. And it also like, it's, uh, it's definitely the most surprising thing to me watching it is just, I did not see this, uh, the swing of the champagne bottle coming. It, it sort of takes me really by surprise. It's very well done like it's very believable looking shot uh even on you know i'm watching this on an upload of a of a vhs and it's not very good quality but still it was really it was like it really got me um so anyway uh this crime is ends up this ends up being um taken as an accident uh one neighbor thinks that she saw uh, a woman on the boat with Mark before he disappears or before he drowns. I guess he washes up on shore or something. But anyway, Kate gets away with it and sort of the, the, but the crime itself has big effects on everyone in the family. They're sort of um, going, well, they're succumbing to sexual madness, I would say is the easiest way of putting it in the most accurate uh, they they all sort of start acting out sexually. Um, in particular, the creepiest part is uh, Stacy, who <laughs> it's it's this like old timey porn thing where they're really keeping ambiguous about how old everyone is. And in real life, um, I'm sure everyone is between like twenty two and. 38 or something, you know, but somehow that's like supposed to represent like multiple generations of people within those, within within that fairly tight uh, age range. And so like, yeah, it's really not to me just, uh, and I'm just, this is just my opinion, just only speaking for myself. And I guess I can speak for um, 
beyond the beaded curtain enterprises at this point because no one else wants to. Um, I think it's not cool when um, our star, um, Georgina Spelvin, as Kate, is singing this, like, kind of talk, singing this little redhead, little red hen song to her niece to sort of, like, put her to bed, singing about, like, a hen, like, making bread and all the animals doing animal noises. And then um, they have sex with each other. Now who will help me carry the sweet... She looked around the yard. Oh, well, said the dog. I can't help you. I'm working far too hard. <laughs> oh, <laughs> said the cat. Not I. I'm much too busy, don't you see? <laughs> said the horse. I know it's sort of like, it's getting to be a little bit cliche to complain about uh, incest in porn. It's sort of, at this point, it's sort of like talking about like, hey, what's the deal with MTV? Uh, they, they don't got uh, music anymore. What's the, what's the M stand for? Um, and now the, the, the current version of that is like, uh, what's, uh, what's, what's the deal with all these like uh, stepmother porns? Uh, um, but in this one, they don't even, there's no even like a, no, no complicated explanation about how like kids are adopted or like they're not really related or whatever. Like, no, that's straight up supposed to be her niece. And of course, in the end, toward the end, brother and sister do um, indulge in uh, sex with each other. And it's not, it's not great. I don't love that. I do like one time where uh, the... The, the sister Stacy is sort of hitting on her brother Ronnie and they've just been riding on a horse together. Like somehow there's a horse that shows up for, for one scene. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know why they're just like riding around on the beach, uh, on a horse. Stacy, uh, makes her move and Ronnie just peels out of there on his horse. Just as like, uh, no thanks. Gotta gallop off on my horse. And that's sort of, that's my advice now to everyone. Did I cause that? No. You're getting wet. I get wet there, too. I'm getting wet now. Want to feel? Come on. If you're ever in a situation where someone is trying to incest you, just gallop away on a horse. That's the safest thing. That's my recommendation. I kind of learned something from this movie, just to have a horse nearby just in case you find yourself in a potentially uh, compromised situation. I think in some of these 70s movies, in some regards, sex is presented a little bit more realistically than it is in, uh, in, in more contemporary stuff. Um, you sort of get a vibe from a movie like this that like, oh, we're just doing it. Uh, we're, we're not really paying much attention to, to the, to the camera. And that feels kind of, kind of more voyeuristic and unpleasant to me, uh, compared to something a little bit more recent where it's sort of, uh, you just get the vibe where these people are like, yeah, we're, we're doing a job. There's a sort of like, yep. It's a living. We know you're there. We know you're watching, and it's fine. 
you sort of feel like you have permission to watch. Whereas like uh, when the folks start in, in this movie, I'm kind of like, Ooh, geez, maybe I should, uh, maybe I should leave the room or change the channel or something. Anyway, um, the end of the movie um, is just uh, Georgina Spelvin just walking into the ocean. Um, everyone's sort of, again, succumbing to sexual madness, her as well. She records uh, a sort of confession on a, I guess on a cassette, it's implied. Uh, it just looks like a like a table radio, though. It just looks like a little like like transistor radio. It doesn't look like it would be able to record anything. Uh, so that's uh, one for the one for the props department to work on. Frankly, she records her tape, confesses to the affair she's been having with Mark, and uh, admits that it's her fault that he died. And then she kind of launches herself into the ocean, and her her nephew, Ronnie. Uh, he hears her doing this. Uh, he goes and he destroys the tape so that he's the only one who who knows the truth. I do get a little bit of a vibe um, that perhaps what pushes her over to the edge is just uh, she kind of is aware of Ronnie uh, hitting on her. Ronnie is like taking tons of photos of her and following her around. And I think that's maybe that's one reading of the story that she's she that kind of points out to her how far she's driven this whole family and she can't live with it anymore. So and that's the end of the movie. I don't I don't love I don't love a porn that ends in death. I don't think that that's the sexiest way to go. I love. I prefer sort of the, the comedy side of things, unless the horror tragedy side of things. But hey, to to each their own. I do want to talk about electronics a little bit more. A um, lot of lot of good stereos um, in this movie. Um, we've got the, of course, we've got the aforementioned. Uh, cassette recorder that looks like it's just a radio uh, but I could not help but notice um, that Mark on the boat there has got what looks like a nice Kenwood receiver I'm going to say it looks like a early 70s Kenwood um, and Ronnie has a nice um, uh, uh, era appropriate Sony receiver and a Gerard turntable that that could do better Ronnie, I understand, but you know, those, those garards there, they, they look cool, but they're, they're a little finicky. And he goes over to neighbor Vicky's place and he has to, to play some, some records. Um, and, and Vicky has what I would say is an inferior all in one, probably also a garard turntable inside some, some other, other receiver. Oh, hi. Hi. Do you like good music? Yeah, I like good music. I mean, really good music. Yeah, I like really good music. <gasps> Do you want to come in? Sure. Thank you. I love good music, and I so rarely get to hear it. You'll love this. Would you like something to eat? No. No, thank you. Um, Vicky is one of my two favorite characters. Um, 
She's, uh, first of all, um, she's got a great sparkly top, really catches the light. I'm into it. And she's introduced in a really, like, delightful, like, porn movie way, which is just, like, this shot of, like, her sandy butt on the beach, and then she pulls her shorts on, and it's like, oh, great, this is, we're halfway into this. And we've seen several sex scenes, and I'm like, man, this is the first hot thing in this movie. Um, I have, you know, that happens to me a lot, where, like, I'm watching these, and it's 80 minutes long, and you've seen, like, four sex scenes, and then you're just, like, you're... You're you're just desperate for anything interesting, and it's like, oh yeah, a butt with sand on it. That's cool. Um, and she's awfully sensible, I think. Uh, so Georgina Spel- Spelvin's character uh, Kate confronts uh, neighbor Vicky, who's Vicky played by. You should. You really want to know that, don't you? You want. You definitely want me to go over to a different screen so I can tell you that Vicky is played by an actor named, this is so hopeless, I've totally lost the plot here. I'm over, I'm over on this Wikipedia page. I'm pausing for time. Do you ever, um, you ever go to a restaurant and somebody does that to you? I, um, years ago, I was at this restaurant and one of my friends did just the most tremendous version of that thing where you, where you don't you don't know what you want and the server's there and they're like, hey, so, and for you? And like your friends have already ordered and you have not decided yet and you're like turning the menu over and you're like, oh, um, for my meal, the thing that I would like, and you think you're gonna get it, but you haven't quite yet, the thing that I would like is going to be one of your dish uh, that you are in the habit of referring to by the name of... I got to just find that website again. Internetadultfilmdatabase.com. This is not sponsored by the internetadultfilmdatabase.com. It's just a useful website. I'll have some background music during this. Would you like something to eat? No. No, thank you. Uh, Sharon Thorpe. Yes, Sharon Thorpe. Very good as the neighbor, Vicky. And uh, (laughs) Kate confronts Vicky and accuses her of her of lying about seeing someone on the boat with Mark the night that he died. Even though Kate knows that there was, in fact, a woman on the boat because she was the woman on the boat. So so Vicky's one of the more, more likable elements in the movie. I think um, the sparkly top definitely helps. Looks like it's made out of chain mail, like mithril maybe, like what a really sexy hobbit would wear. She doesn't really look like a hobbit. She does not at all look like a hobbit. Uh, and the other, um, I do want to talk about a few, a few just fashion highlights. Poor Georgina is just like, they really put her in, in like, um, 
uh, unmarried, childless aunt in the 70s outfits. It's not great. Uh, it is great. It's very, I guess it's like character appropriate, but not flattering. Um, Ronnie. Ronnie is absolutely killing it fashion-wise in this movie. Um, it's it, They're kind of ambiguous about how old these kids are. I guess maybe, I mean, I, they plausibly, they're like college age probably or like, you know, it's a 70s, so they're probably 30 in real life. Um, but they talk about like going, being away at school, but they also sort of act like children and it's not cool. Um, but anyway, he's got some great ensembles. We're talking um, red turtleneck with cutoffs while he's taking pictures on the beach. Uh, we're talking um, a sweater with a badminton uh, uh, racket uh, um, kind of like woven into the design. Uh, we're talking a, a checkerboard um, sweater. He's got just great sweaters. I love it. I got to find you guys um, some pictures of his sweaters. Um, I'm going to try to put those up at, I'm going to do that. I'm going to try putting that up at Reddit at r slash dirty VHS. See how that works. See if anyone checks that out. Uh, say hi over there. Why not? I don't care. I do care. Um, and then my other, other really great outfit are the um, just wonderfully kind of zany jeans that Judith Hamilton wears. Judith Hamilton only has one scene. She's just this lady who like wanders off the beach uh, into the house, um, catches Georgina Spelvin in the shower. If it were not for the music that just rattles my brain in this scene, uh, this would be pretty pretty hot sequence. It's um, it's it's wild, uh, and also I think Judith Hamilton is. I looked this up. She's mostly only in uh, other movies with Georgina Spelvin. Um, the uh, the story I read from uh, background on Devil and Miss Jones, which is of course Georgina Spelvin's like really big her biggest movie is that um, uh, Judith and Georgina were lovers in real life and Judith was only supposed to like be doing catering for the movie and then they're like oh do you want to be in this movie in, for a hundred bucks and she's like I'm being in movie for a hundred bucks and so she, she mostly you look up her credits they're mostly just other movies with uh, Georgina Spelvin and she just comes in for one scene puts her cool jeans back on again and just pieces out and it's like, was she ever really there? Or was she just some sort of, uh, 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 sort of a, a, a sign of Kate's increasing sex madness? I don't know. Uh, what do you think? Is it weird when I go back and forth between Georgina and Kate like that? It doesn't matter. You're not really here for the story. Uh, or maybe you are. I don't know. That's Oh, and the other, only other really good... Um, fashion thing that I wanted to talk about 
um, a guy shows up halfway through the movie to buy the boat, the murder boat. He buys the murder boat, and it's a really, it's a great transaction because he's like, "How much do you want for the boat?" And Melaine is like, "Oh, I don't know." And then he just writes a check, and she's like, "Wow, that's a lot of money." Like, it's it's not a good way to it's not a good way to do business, you know? Just like you're selling something and you don't know what it's worth. And then you're just like, why don't you just write me a check? Oh, okay, that's a number. Sure. Anyway, he's got a great look and, in particular, tremendous glasses. And then he ends up having sex with Elaine. And during that, I'm sort of like, mm, I kind of miss those glasses. kind of wish kept those on. And also all your clothes. Well, they were pretty cool. So I think you've got a general sense of the vibe of 3 a.m. at this point, right? I mean, I talked about the sweaters and the music and how if anyone tries to do an incest on you, you should run away on a horse. And those are sort of the main things to really get out of this film, I think. Yeah. So I'd like to go ahead and rate it. Um, we're doing our, our sort of fern-based um, rating system. And I'm going to go ahead and give four ferns on this one. I would say that it's close to a five for me. This is a, a much more watchable movie uh, than we had in our in our previous episode. It, it's it's you know it's put together well. It just feels like people are, are actually trying to make a movie and didn't do it in a single afternoon. But the as good as a lot of the music is, it's just tonally so so weird and, and jarring. Um, that kind of knocks it down from a five for me, as well as the sort of. Um, I, I don't I don't like the ambiguous way that the um, the kids in scare quotes I don't like the ambiguous way that the kids are portrayed where they're just like they act too young at times it just it's it's creepy I'm not gonna lie it's creepy there's were better ways that we could have handled this and the main way to handle this would have absolutely been to have not done that like little red hen sequence like come on that's not that's not cool that's not a sexy song it's not uh i'm not into it so yeah we're gonna say four ferns and just to remind you how our um rating system works by default we're saying you should not watch any of these movies and the lower the number of ferns we give the movie the more aggressively we're saying, no, don't watch this movie. And so four is sort of like, we're saying don't watch it, but in the like laziest sort of gentlest terms, like, nah, probably don't watch it. Right. So thanks for checking out 2020's first episode of Beyond the Beaded Curtain. Again, uh, rate us on iTunes, send us a, a tweet at Dirty VHS. And check out our check out our brand new subreddit that I have to do now that I've talked about it in the episode, so that if you do happen to listen to this and do happen to go to r slash dirty vhs, you won't be so disappointed to not see any pics of cool sweaters there. It's mostly what's going to be is just sweaters. 
and also I just want to wish you a, a happy new year you know what I mean and just I want you to go ahead and make a new year's resolution like I'm making which is um, that in 2020 I'm gonna watch way more uh, pornography than I did in 2019 and I encourage you to do the same thanks folks <laughs>